Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com and uh, by phone at 215-259-3687. So I'm a little out of breath. I just finished my uh, bike workout on Zwift. If you're a cyclist, it's like... uh, sort of a road biker's uh, peloton sort of thing. But anyway, um, so someone who follows the podcast wanted to hear more about herniated discs and settlement figures and things like that in relation to personal injury practice. So, you know, if you had back pain following a car accident and you didn't have it before, you know, most of the conversation I would have with you initially goes something like this. You know, you've got bones in your spine, your vertebrae. The vertebrae are separated by um, kind of jello or putty-like substance called your uh, intervertebral or between the vertebrae discs. And, you know, when you're 20 years old and young and healthy, your your discs are flexible and they absorb shock and so on and so forth. But as you get older, into your 50s plus, the uh, discs begin to dry out somewhat like the rest of us, and (laughs) they allow the vertebrae to get closer and closer. And as the vertebrae get closer and closer, they can form uh, bone spurs, which is extra bone growth, or generally, there's just less separation between the vertebrae. Now, why does that matter? Well, it matters because running off your spinal cord, which runs down the middle of your vertebrae, you know, running off your spinal cord are nerves. And nerves control motion or um, action. So you've got sensory nerves that control feeling, and you've got motor nerves that control motion. And sometimes they're together, as far as I understand. Anyway, so if your bones are crunching down on top of each other, you would say maybe no big deal, but it's a big deal in your body because if they get close enough that they start putting pressure on a nerve, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it as numbness. You're going to feel it as tingling. You're going to feel it as pain, uh, or you're going to feel it as just general back pain. So, you know, that's kind of what a lot of our cases are fought about is, you know, well, this person was older, therefore they were going to have back pain anyway. But, you know, the mechanics are pretty simple. Like, if you had a disc that wasn't a problem before and now it's a problem after the accident, you know, most people are going to say it's related. But the question is, you know, the initial question from the, you know, listener was herniation. Herniation is a fairly specific term to doctors and not so specific to lawyers and the rest of us. But essentially a herniation, as I understand it, is a bulging out uh, of the disc, you know, the putty or the jello material. It's a bulging out through the, the lining that surrounds the disc. So you can have a bulge, but if you have a bulge that goes through the lining of the disc, you have a herniation. And the herniation is essentially just a bulging out of, of material. When that material impacts a nerve and sits down on a nerve, that's going to cause you pain or problems. So, it's really the uh, pressure from the accident on your uh, vertebrae. The impact squeezes out a piece of 
your disc. Your disc is what con compacts or impacts the nerve, and boom, you've got nerve pain. Okay, and that's essentially what slip discs are, or any other way you want to hear it, you know, herniation, so on and so forth. Now, you know, interestingly in what I do, you know, the importance of herniations for us is one, you're going to see a herniation on an MRI, whether it's a new herniation, meaning, you know, in the past three months from the accident, or an old herniation that's been there for a while, that's something that sometimes radiologists can determine, and, and sometimes they can't, but usually, you know, your neurosurgeon or orthopedic surgeon will be able to say, yeah, that's a, a, a recent herniation. Uh, but even if it's an old herniation that was never a problem before, you know, we still make a big deal out of that because it's causing you nerve pain you didn't have before. So, you know, the importance of herniation is, you know, fairly significant. If you have an MRI with pain but no herniation, you know, it it's just, it goes to one big issue in these cases, which is that the defense lawyers and the insurance companies don't want to believe anything you're saying until it's proven to them beyond a shadow of a doubt. But they don't know you. They don't live in your body. They're not going through every day experiencing pain. And really, it's their job not to believe you. So, you know, we don't give too much credence to what they're saying. But if you had a herniation that a doctor could say was fresh or recent or definitely from the car accident, then you've got a direct connection between the accident and the herniation. Now, let's say you do have a herniation on your MRI. We're going to fight about whether it's related to the accident or not. That's always the fight. But regardless of whether there's a fight about it or not, the question from the you know listener to some extent was, you know, well, what's a herniation? And two, you know, what's it worth? Why, why is it significant? Well, you know, as lawyers and insurance companies and defense lawyers on the other side, we see a fair amount of cases. And one of the easier things for us to do as humans and lawyers is to try and put a thumbnail sketch or just a round general notion of what a particular injury is. So, you know, that's why you know, a herniation, in my mind, you know, doesn't have a particular dollar amount. Uh, it really doesn't. The treatment for the herniation, however, does, because, at least to me, you know, if you get a first injection for pain from the herniation, then, one, you've got enough pain to impress a doctor. Two, the doctor has decided that conservative measures like physical therapy, um, anti-inflammatory, uh, stuff like that has all not worked. And now they're willing to, you know, go through the time and the effort to schedule you and to inject uh, steroids into you. So, you know, <laughs> um, at that point, I think all of a sudden, hey, nobody really would willingly sign up for someone to shoot steroids into their spinal area. So, you know, at that point, the epidural steroid injection for a herniation or for other back pain, that, that becomes something that's kind of quantifiable. So I do think about my practice in terms of, hey, herniations are worth, you know, X dollars in 
this jurisdiction, X dollars in that one. Uh, herniations are not specifically quantifiable. It's the treatment. But, you know, an injection in Philadelphia County, where verdicts are generally considered to be higher, is worth more money than it is in Montgomery County or Delaware County or Chester or Bucks or Berks. That's just kind of the way practice is. It's something you're not going to learn about, you know, if you're just sort of trying to do it yourself or negotiating on your own. Uh, it's just part of the practice and kind of something you got to learn. And, and the and the numbers vary from, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction just within Pennsylvania. So, you know, if you're calling from Florida or if you're calling from, you know, Mississippi, the values are going to be dramatically different. You got to rely on what, you know, a lawyer there would tell you. Um, but, you know, look, I got, I have a case where the other day an insurance company called me up on a case where a guy had had three injections and, uh, you know, they offered me $7,500. So, <laughs> you know, what does that tell you? That tells you we're going to court because 7500 is not even close to the value of what I look at one injection as. So I don't much care. I My view of that is, well, you know, you're just either jerking me around, which they probably are, or they're misunderstanding the value, or they're a young insurance adjuster and they're trying to, you know, look good to their boss. In any of those three situations, I don't really care. It's not worth fighting over. We're off to court. So I will spend, you know, half an hour trying to, debate values and see if they'll change their mind. But if not, that's that. Off we go to court and I'll get my proper numbers down the road. It's just going to take some time. So, you know, but really valuing cases is a very, very lawyer specific, location specific thing. If you try and do it on your own, you're going to screw it up. I've had, I had a client come to me probably a year ago now who had done an awesome job, but he'd still gotten you know, maybe a third of the actual value of his case. You know, he did some research, he did some thinking, he did some toting up of bills. You know, he got an offer of 60 grand, but the case is worth 250. So, you know, it's just like anything else. Like, you wouldn't let me be a police officer or a fireman. Uh, you know, you wouldn't want me to change your toilet. Uh, but it's kind of what I do every day is do this legal practice in personal injury. So, anyway... Uh, if you have a question about that, you're welcome to give me a call or contact your local personal injury lawyer in your uh, personal jurisdiction. That's about it. I think you, I need to remind you that this is not legal advice. This is attorney marketing. And if you want to see the full-on disclaimer, go to my website. All right. Have a great day. This has been Ask Andy. I hold people accountable.